Some say that alongside this see-it-to-believe-it world is the shadowy realm of the supernatural. Sometimes the residents of that dimension touch us, and in one moment, our lives are changed forever. America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, Mary Ann Pohl, is your real ghost chatter host. On this podcast, you'll hear stories by real people who have seen real ghosts. Gordon tells us about an unwelcome encounter with his dead father-in-law, and Lori tells us about a dead logger who looked for his wife and daughter for years after his death until she helped him find peace. Then there's Victoria, who shares her story of a long-dead pig, Edna June, who still watches over her ranch. Did you know a cafe in Anchorage, Alaska is haunted by the ghost of a woman who was blown to bits by a hired hitman? Once in a while, Mary Ann will podcast a tale taken from the genre she loves best, the supernatural. These are just a few of the stories you will hear, and these stories just keep coming. Welcome to today's Real Ghost Chatter episode. Welcome to Real Ghost Chatter. I'm Marianne Paul, America's Lady of Supernatural Thrillers, a charter member of Author Masterminds, and your host of Real Ghost Chatter. Today, we get to welcome back Rosella C. Rowe to share more of her paranormal adventures. As you remember or may remember, Rosella is a ghost hunter of the Tri-C Group in Ohio and paranormal thriller author of 2095, based off a true story. Rosella lives in Ohio and is the writer of the well-known blog, My Haunted Travel Blog. You can find her blog at myhauntedtravelblog.blogspot.com. Rosella has years of ghost hunting and investigation experience in the paranormal field, traveling around the U.S. to the most haunted historic locations and writing about them in her blog. She prides herself on telling the real story and truth regarding her experiences with spirits encountered at historic locations, as well as the legends that surround the entity. And again, I'm going to welcome you back, Rosella. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. It's good to have you back and talk to you again. Thanks. Yes, you too. Uh, we always have so much fun. <laughs> we do. We do. And I know before the show, <laughs> we had a long talk about some great stuff. And We did. So, I would like you to share some of this with our listeners. Okay. You want to talk, want me to talk about my recent experiences? Oh, I do. Tell us about the Victorian house and what's happening there. Plus the person that seems to be wanting you to write another book. So, okay. I, I am writing a book called Paranormal Gym, the Victorian House Museum. This house is in Millersburg, Ohio. And we actually just filmed an M, uh, I'm sorry, like a, a YouTube video really like kind of a movie if you if you think about it we had so much evidence we were just busting it was is insane we we investigated for like 12 hours straight wow. and we didn't leave the house until like 10 45 at night we left because we were just so tired and we could we had so much evidence that we had to stop that's how crazy the house was but lena is the last one who lived and owned the house and she has been coming to me frequently to tell stories of her life. She wants me to kind of write a little bit of a poem about her sitting because she was known to sit at a window with a gun, actually, <laughs> because she she was paid, I think, $50 
to look at the business next door to keep an eye on it because they were getting burglarized. And so when they, when the business people would go home from like at night, she was paid to watch it. So she comes to me and tells me a little bit of poetry and her thoughts when one, when basically two young men are breaking in to the business about shooting the one man and taking his life. And because she had the gun in her hand and she was thinking about it, but thinking about it as a normal human being level of why do I have the power in my hand to do that? It's a very different level. It's not exactly negative. It's just a humanistic, very humanistic view of it. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to write that. And she's been coming to me often telling me paragraphs of writing. I mean, she, she doesn't even like to stop. She's like, get out of bed and do this now. Or if I'm driving my car, washing the dishes, there's Lena. She's been coming to me often, even too, about other things in the book. The last time I was driving there before shooting the video, I was on my way there and I, I always think about why people see her in the ballroom in a red velvet dress because I have a psychology degree. So I'm like, basically this, every, I believe that everything comes from a psychological point that the spirit is trying to get you to understand something that happened that was meaningful in their life. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, good or bad. It's just something they're trying to convey to you because it was important to them. And in this case, it definitely proved why she shut herself in and away from society. So I had this whole vision when I was going up there. And when I was telling you about this before, before we're recording now, mm -hmm. my light went off three times. It just was flickering on and off. And it's never done that. I know. That's so weird. That so weird. I mean, talking about Lena, I'm like, oh my God. So I think definitely <laughs> Lena was here. She does do little things like that. She's very known to do these things. I, I mean, it's kind of like we're, I feel like we're kind of best friends, even though, you know, we can't see each other wholeheartedly. I see her in my mind's eye a lot and I feel her presence, but she, she's just become one of my good friends, just as well as the other character in 2095, my book and the woman who killed herself in my house. And that's a true story. Story too. So this is a true story as well about Lena. I was going up there and I had this whole vision of her sitting on the couch with Rufus, who was actually her sister's husband. Her sister died tragically at a very young age of 40. So she was basically in love with Rufus. There's a whole basically conversation that took place in the ballroom and she was showing me in her red velvet ball dress that this conversation took place and after this conversation, she knew that she would never marry him. And after that, she shut herself in. And she was telling us that it was society's fault. Like it was society. I can't do this because of what people will think of our reputation. And that's why Rufus would not marry her. And this is all going to be in the book. But wow. I can tell you this. When this happened and she val had that validation, my EMF and all the devices in the room when we went up to that ballroom, just ex were exploding. She was lighting it all up like, yes, yes, yes. You finally got it. Yes, yes, yes. And she was so excited. And so here is Paul sitting there, standing there with his rods, I mean, and right through the, the door, the ballroom door, I see myself. I'm sitting there like next to like Paul, looking at Paul, but I saw and felt the energy coming down the hall. And I saw this orange and red almost fireball of energy looking like that. It's just flying through the air, probably about six feet off the ground, right towards Paul. And I said, he's coming to defend himself. I looked at Paul and I said that, and as Paul looked at me and it's like, we can kind of connect without 
saying words, to, you know, to each other in a way, because we're, we work together so well as mediums, but he looked at me like, yeah, he's coming. I see it. And then he just got knocked over. Literally, it hit him right in the chest and boom. So it was really interesting. I mean, he, he caught himself eventually and he stood up with the rods and he's like, whoa. And it's <laughs> not like Rufus was mad. He wasn't. He was just like, don't talk for me. I will talk. Yes, Lena's right. And we also found out something else. So I'll leave that for the book. Little, <laughs> little teaser. But yeah, there you it, go. <laughs> it was a little bit of a love triangle kind of going on and you know, why people say that Lena ended up so bitter. And I think she was very misunderstood, not exactly bitter, just she shut herself in because everybody made this image of her that wasn't true. So therefore she just kind of was like, I give up on society as a whole mm -hmm. and locked herself in. So she locked herself in the house for 40 years and never went upstairs. I mean, blocked a lot of the house off and everything because of the he heating it and, and affording it. And she was married to three men who loved to take her money and mm. almost bankrupt her. And she had a tragic life in a way of trying to find love, but never really being successful at it. Mm -hmm. And I, when I asked Rufus, he did say, yeah, he did. He loved her. He did. And it didn't mean that he didn't love the sister too. I mean, I think that he fell in love with Lena afterwards because of the sister's death. It, it's, it's a story that really needs to be told because sometimes, you know, there's those tragic Romeo and Juliet's in a way. They just don't work out. So Lena is really special to, to me in my heart. And I think because as a woman, I can understand where she's coming from. You know, we've all had that love disappointment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I really do. I'm like, yep, Lena, I've been there. I, I totally understand. My heart goes out to you. And I just really identify with her. And a lot of people do say that. I have, I will say that people, when they hear the story, they're women, especially are like, I get that. Yeah. She's, she's really awesome. But yeah, like um, I'll be sitting on the couch with my daughter. All of a sudden my daughter's talking and I'll just kind of look to the side a little bit. And my daughter's like, Oh no, who's here? Like, <laughs> um, well, it's Lena. She just wants me to write again. It's okay. And, and then now my daughter just sits up and goes, Oh, hi, Lena. How are you? You know, it is so cute. Uh, but the kids love my daughter and ask for her every time we go. But lately, Leona and Leland, those are the, ch the children. And those actually are Lessie's children. That is Lena's sister who did die tragically. Uh -huh. They're her children who did grow up and live adult lives, but they have come back to the house as children and choose to be that way. Yeah, I don't know, but we interact with them most of the time. Mm -hmm. And now I'm really trying to document a lot of camera evidence of them moving these little motion sensor ball things that I have. Mm -hmm. And we have gotten so much awesome footage of you rolling the ball and they're literally stopping the ball and rolling it back to you. Well, have you got that on tape on video? Okay. Oh, so many. Yeah. I have tons of videos. Are you going to upload them someplace? Um, I'm going to put them a part of my blogs. Um, so I'm going, I'm oh. writing all this as a blog and then I'm turning it into one humongous chapter of investigations. Oh, that's cool. So right now I'm under, I just did investigation seven yesterday and I am actually planning to take some tour groups in there in the like next fall and maybe this summer if, if COVID lets up and showing people and like giving tours of the house and even doing mediumship readings and stuff a part of a whole haunted weekend at Victorian house. And you can also go to Amish country and see other areas. So I'm working with a, a woman named Carol for that right now. Mm -hmm. so I'm hoping to show people, I mean, cause Lena is really friendly and so are the children. They love to come out and play. 
if you're a good person, they like and value you and they want to interact with you because they're social creatures. Mm. I mean, just because they didn't have, they don't have bodies now doesn't mean that they're not social creatures, mm. you know, just like we are, they're humans. Yeah, it, it's fun, but I'm, I'm working on collecting that evidence full-heartedly and now other people's, the rest of the interview, interviews that I have of their experiences. And then I'm going to write the poem about Lena with the gun. Uh, and we did get the gun back, actually, at the house. Wow. So the hell, yeah, the gun was gone for a long time. I, I don't know where it was, but Mark, um, he, Mark Boyle is the director. He got it back, and it's <laughs> in the basement. So when I'm around that gun, I feel, oh, it's so powerful for me when, mm -hmm. because she's coming to me and talking to me about this gun, all these thoughts that she had, you know, and I think that she just felt so robbed by society that she was like, well, should I rob somebody else and do, you know, the two wrongs don't make a right or do the right thing. And nobody will ever really know I did, you know, she's just an amazing woman. She really is. She's just very, so human, just so human and raw. Mm -hmm. I just adore her. And I'm, I'm watching my lights and I can't believe it's not flickering right now. <laughs> but <laughs> they, nothing does, they don't do this on our command is unfortunate. I guess they just, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, I showed you my, my face here once and I'm done. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, she'll always, she'll always indicate that she's here. So, yeah. So. If you well, hear something later on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder, cause sometimes I've, I've had that happen actually. Um, with somebody I interviewed and thought, is that what I think? You know, yeah. So, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I know. When I was listening back to the audio, it was like, oh my gosh. You told me about going to a horse barn. Oh, yes, okay. Yes. So tell us about that because I thought that was really interesting. I know this is a crazy experience. So the more I work with Paul just at the Victorian house and question him because he's been doing, he's just been in tune longer than I have, but he kind of validates what I'm thinking and feeling and, and spirits will come to him to talk to me because I can't sense it sometimes for myself mm -hmm. of what they're trying to say to me, you know, just sometimes. But so I, my daughter just started horse riding lessons and we were at the stable. Uh, you know, where I live in the same, in the town, I was talking to the trainer about what I do. And she asked me, Oh, do you work with horses? Because we always kind of need a horse whisperer. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I've, I've never thought of that. You know, it'd be a good experiment. And I was talking to her about what I do. I go home at night, you know, never thinking anything of it. And then I wake up and right in front of my bed is a, I, I felt like it was a male, a short shadow person, man that, I mean, he could, it definitely wasn't above too much over five feet, like five foot two. Mm -hmm. And it saw me, saw, registered that I kind of saw it. And then I screamed innately without thinking, who the hell are you? <laughs> and cause I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you're not my husband. You're not my kid. Um, or what are you? Is this a shadow? You know, cause it's dark. So it's like, am I seeing a person? Um, you know, what am I, my mind's trying to wrap my myself around what's happening. Mm -hmm. So I just screamed it out. And apparently I really scared the bejesus out of it because it just took off. It just, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that moved really quick. Okay, that was not, you know, someone with the body. That's not someone in my house, right? The next morning, you know, you go to sleep. Of course, everything occurs to me at 3.38 a.m. I don't know why. And I'm, I know. every time I talk to Paul, too, he's like, it's always 3.38. I'm like, I know. It's got to be some significance. And like, if anybody knows this Bible thing or something too, like, let me know, like, maybe this has some significance. I tell Paul the next day, I happened to be going to Victorian house and we were doing uh, the taping on YouTube. And I tell him, and as soon as I tell him, like 10 minutes later, 
and then his rods start going crazy because we're just sitting there and it was we weren't filming actually as we were taking a break and we were just sitting there while I, I had just told him we were kind of all talking around the room and his rods are just kind of going wackadoodle just spinning around like crazy and he's like I can't control it like I don't know what's trying to come through and then all of a sudden he goes there is a guy here for you he's kind of short and I'm like uh-oh <laughs> and, and he's like well he's telling me that you don't know him like you don't, this isn't a relative. And he's asking like, I know you're not a relative. Are you, you know, and he goes through like, are you, you know, good? Are you bad? Da, da, da. And it's, it's answering him. But it, and he said, do you have a message? And it said, no. Well, he, he was like, this is the guy that you saw last night. He's from the horse stable. He heard you talking and he knew that you were kind of, you were open. Hey, she can see me. She can feel me. She knows that I'm there and I'm just going to stick around. He's like, you got to tell this guy to go. And I'm like, oh, great. So my Catholic butt can say go. I mean, I feel bad all the time. So I was like, oh, no. And Paul's like, Megan, I, no, because this guy has no message. He, he doesn't want anything from you that he doesn't need. So you, you got to tell him to go because it's just not right. You got to start to learn. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I did. I told him to go. And I haven't, I haven't experienced him yet. And we did go to the horse stable last week. So I was like, oh, no, am I going to have this again? Right. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't so far. So I'm like, okay, good. But Paul told me, he goes, you have to, every night before you go to sleep, you have to be like, hey, this is my time. Nobody can come. I ban you from coming during these times. You can come to me during the day. You can come to me if you need a message or if you need help, but you cannot come to me during these times and say it five times in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and I'm okay. So I, I do it, but it, one night I forgot. And this was about, oh, it was about four days ago. I forgot. And I woke up in the middle of the night, of course, you know, 3.38 AM. <laughs> and I'm like, oh I'm man, <laughs> there was another person in front of me. This time it was a woman. And if you've ever seen Little House on the Prairie, that really describes the nightgown she was wearing to a tee, like very little house on the prairie, this like white bleak kind of just flowing kind of gown. No, you know, nothing fancy at all to it. And she was walking away from my, right in front of my bed, just walking away. Like mm -hmm. almost like I give up on this medium. She's just not waking up. So I have to find someone else. She didn't wake up for <laughs> 38. <laughs> I know. I was like, wait a minute. Like, who are you? So, and I didn't, I think that I, I just woke up like, uh, hi. And, and I just saw her walking away and she had long kind of like, kind of almost to her shoulders, like longer blonde hair and it was like kind of like curled under a little bit but nothing fancy and yeah like I didn't see an expression or a facial features or anything at all just somebody walking away barefoot and everything and I was like okay that was weird so I called Paul and I told him and he's like okay these people keep coming to you you got to again say it don't forget set an alarm if you need to and I'm like yeah I'm gonna do this now because this is freaking me out but yeah, I've also had like relative come to me recently and say that somebody was coming to heaven and then that later on proved to be uh, on its, you know, something that was going on that was on its way and, and mm -hmm. going to happen soon. Mm -hmm. Evidence of that with a text message from a family member kind of showed that. And wow. I was like, oh, this is, you know, sometimes you really don't, you don't want to be right. You're like, maybe this time I will be wrong. And you're like, oh, positive <laughs> about it. <laughs> Maybe I'm imagining this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, please let me just be crazy for just a millisecond. 
So yeah, like you never know what's going to happen to me. You know, like my lights blink uh, in my house. And, and you know, it's funny because my house is not, and I still, people are like, oh, well, your house is haunted now. Like they're coming to you because they sense this. But the thing is, I think that no matter where you are, if you have the abilities that they, they kind of like, you're like a beacon, like a lighthouse, some people mm -hmm, say. Mm -hmm. And they're definitely that. Yes. Me. Yes. Yeah. They're finding me. I never really believed in it before. It's not like I did or really didn't but I'm like oh that won't happen to me you think you're immune to everything like or something like I'll live forever and it's no <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the one that gets to come to everybody nope you won't well not in this body yeah. anyway <laughs> so. not in this lifetime I've had too much stuff as you can, you can see from my book I mean it's just crazy and people now people are really writing me because it came out october 1st and they're like i feel so bad for you are you Aww. okay and they're like well obviously i mean now that it's like i've gotten over it like i always say acceptance is a key to life through it writing is. it and experiencing all these things and now new journeys that i'm having the more and more i go on i'm really okay with what happened to me before i've talked to my family too extensively it's like i always say i came out of the medium closet <laughs> on my family actually on a zoom call <laughs> shocked the heck out of them one night but you know they're very accepting and my grandmother just died which in the house in victorian house she uh, a family member came to me and told me that she was going to die on around september 2nd september 3rd she died on september 3rd mm -hmm. and I, I forgot about it really but i woke up on that day to go see my father who i hadn't seen in, in years and we were getting in the car my brother came with us which was rare and I turned to my brother and I said, I don't think grandma's going to be alive anymore after today. And he goes, what? Why would you say that out of nowhere? And he goes, oh God, I hate this. You always freak me out when, you're, when you always say this thing. <laughs> and so two hours later, my mom calls crying. Yeah, Aww, she died. And I'm, so sad. It is just so sad. But you know what? She was like 91. She had a great life. Mm -hmm. And it was such a blessing in disguise. But she came to me at the Victorian house two weeks ago. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. You know, I knew it. I'm like, this is going to happen. And we had, we had a really good, a little bit sometimes feisty conversation. <laughs> Poor Paul, that I always torture him with my relatives. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's like, it needed to be done. Now, my mom is really open to looking for signs and understanding that life goes on in a positive way after this. I think that God shows you things in disguise. You know, like, you never understand the reason. But when something like that can happen later that you thought you could never say to somebody because they're gone and then you do and they're like, oh, I love you and it's okay. That mm -hmm. kind of thing. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a good thing to be able to have these possibilities that you never, ever thought you can have. And I drive home every time from that house going, God, that was a miracle. Well, I know it's you. I know you're working with me and I'm doing all this in your name and and that's all you can do. It's a gift. It's, mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels like a really mixed gift. Well, yeah. When people <laughs> yeah. show up or strangers in front of your bed at 3.30. <laughs> well, that's just a matter of learning how to, you know, yeah. learn how to let that not happen. And I think Paul is luckily helping you with that. Yeah, luckily. And I think that's why so much did happen to me too as a child. And I had so much coming to me as well. Because some people are like, well, was that evil thing her? Was that was that Julia? And the main character in the book. And I'm like, oh, no, no, that could not have been her because 
she was not evil. I mean, I still feel like she's my best friend in the world. And just like Lena, it's like, okay, I can't see you guys, but you would never hurt. Telling their stories and being there. And it's funny. Sometimes they even joke with me in my head. Like they'll have like something funny will happen, ironic, and then they'll make a joke about it. And I will laugh. <laughs> and then people are like, what are you laughing at? I know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be true. <laughs> Lena's just talking to me. Or, you know. So yeah. <laughs> people believe you these days. You know, when I, when I was growing up, they would have put me in a funny house and I given them any oh, of my God. experiences. You yeah, know? I would have been so, pretty tortured. <laughs> yeah, they would have, I would have been done. Yeah. I'm just so glad we, they're, everybody's a little more open yeah. about this these days. We are coming to the end of this show, unfortunately. <laughs> I know we could go on and on. I know that. Yeah. But I also know people can only listen for so long. I do want to ask this question. Is there anything you'd like to share before we close? Well, if you could follow me on Facebook, I usually post because I have a, my, a haunting good time radio show. And then I have my haunted travel blog, like everything that I do. And I also am going to have a new TV show in December. You are um, doing a TV show. So, yeah, I'm excited. I was like, okay, in December, we're going to do this. So everything that I do um, and where to get my book, a Haunting at 2095 on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Books A Million, all that stuff is going to be on there. So go under Rosella C. Rowe or Rowe, R-O-W-E, and you can follow me there. And then the same on Twitter. So Cool. Do you there. have a handle for Twitter? It is. It's Rosella C. Rowe. One. I think that Rosella C. Rao author is my official one on Facebook. But if you type Rosella C. period Rao in, it'll come up. Okay, great. Yeah. And what's your title of your next book? Actually, uh, 911 Emergency is what I'm working on now. Mm -hmm. And then my blogs will be eventually turned into a book as well called My Haunted Travels. Right now, I'm really working hard on evidence uh, for Paranormal Gem, the Victorian House Museum. Oh, great. That, those are all sounding so good. Me, Looking girl, I'm to... always never busy, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. And raising kids and having a husband. Yeah, you're not busy at all. Huh. I, yeah, I, don't, I still don't know how I breathe, you know. <laughs> I don't know what you do, and you do it well. <laughs> thank you. Well, I'm going to say thank you so much, Rosella. And I'm hoping we'll get together another time and do this sure. again. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to share it with others you think would also be interested. If you'd like to know more about me, go to maryannpoll.com and or authormasterminds.com forward slash mary-ann-poll. Until next time, may the wind always be at your back, the sun on your face, and the good Lord walk beside you.